You know, Yuletide is a time of affection for those we love. It's a time to show open-hearted caring and love of our fellow man. But it can't all be sweetness, you know, without a little sour to balance it out. So, if you will, let me take you back to Mr. Thomas Kerchival's first column as The Yankee Speaks in the Big Country Fanzine Country Club, issue 32 from 1994. I quote Mr. Kerchival. But some of you may be out there thinking, who is this twit, and what qualifications does he have to write a column in Country Club? Tom responds, Firstly, how dare you question my qualifications, and secondly, I really don't know what my qualifications are. I do know that I love big country, however. Now, this is the best explanation of the Great Divide podcast I've ever heard. Have at you, Tom and Svein. It's Yuletide 2018. Welcome. It's the seventh Yuletide since we started doing these things. And uh, Tom and I are wow. sitting here with our Yuletide beards and reindeer horns on. How are you doing, Tom? I'm doing all right. I don't have a sore throat anymore. That's good. good. That's good. It's the yeah. last cross. How about you? you feeling better? Sound better? A little bit. Yeah, a, a little bit. I kind of like when, when everybody else in the family feels worse, you kind of have to step up. So that's it's more that way, <laughs> but I'm sure Christmas will come like it comes every year. Yeah, not me, man. When I get sick, I don't care. It's me. It's all about me. Yeah, it's man flu time, and I am the one that gets taken care of, or else nothing gets taken care of. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Exactly. No. I guess you, if you don't have family members, you have to crawl across the floor to tend to your man flu, and then it gets a little worse. <laughs> but no, I'm very much getting in the Christmas spirit. Uh, I've been going through all these old family uh, eight millimeter Super Eight film that my dad used to take uh, years ago, growing yeah. up back in the late '70s, early '80s, and I've been going through all of them and converting them to HD quality stuff. So I've been like finding all these old Christmases of me when I was a kid and finding all these old presents that i got that i'd remembered fondly and it's it's been cool so yeah i'm in the right frame of mind i've, I've seen some of those that you shared including a very touching one of uh, a very young looking boy with a guitar his, <laughs> his first guitar even maybe yeah it, it was my first electric guitar yeah yeah and That's i didn't nice. even learn to play that thing for like another three or four years but uh i i did a lot of air guitar with that for a while <laughs> nice. So, so is this the first time you saw most of those clips for a huge number of years? Well, it's been about 20 years. I, mm. I actually converted these about 20 years ago to VHS, and I would project them on the wall and then film them with a video camera. And so the quality was okay, but it wasn't that great. But um, they, there's this machine now that you can thread the film through this machine, and it sort of scans every frame and converts it into HD quality yeah. stuff. So it's, yeah. So it's the first time I've seen a lot of it in, in about 20 years. That's and even amazing. then I hadn't seen it much, you know, so I'd forgotten a lot of it. So it's, yeah, it's great. So I know what the Kirchhoff family is getting for Christmas this year. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And I, I and trust bit, they don't listen to this thing. They don't. They don't give a crap. <laughs> Damn. Support their family. <laughs> oh, well. Big country. <laughs> what? I 
like me some good country music? Yeah, that's about right. That's about it, right? Yeah. No, but that's awesome. And uh, we have a table here filled with Christmas presents that we need to wrap. So kind of the stress of purchasing, finding, locating, and, and, and bringing it home is, is done with. Now we just need the wrapping and making sure we don't have any mistakes in the wrapping. Oh, good for you. We're usually good about that. So I'm not done just yet. So it's getting there. That's good. That's good. Yeah, so one of the things that stands between me and Christmas now, and you and Christmas, is this Yuletide episode. I know. So, um, as usual, you know everything that's about to happen. Everything and nothing. <laughs> there's, there's not much difference between that, is there? Yeah, no, not really. No. Well, it's all in the enlightenment that you, you kind of feel, you kind of know. Like I said, this is our seventh Yuletide, if you can believe it. It's amazing. There are certain things you can expect from a Yuletide as we uh, as we have gone through the years. And one of the things we have done the last few years that we kind of um, would have done now, except uh, we already did it, is kind of the rundown of 2018, all the releases, all the band activities. We covered that in the house cleaning episode. Wow. That's episode 77. And we did it. We covered all these releases. We spoke about Skids, Burning Cities. We spoke about Tony Butler, My Time. We spoke about ESP 2.0. And we spoke about even the Wide Long Phase 4 CD Deluxe Edition. So we kind of covered all the main releases. The things that came out since then is obviously the WKW, which got its own freaking episodes. I would say that is well and truly covered, <laughs> even though there's probably more stuff happened, and we'll talk about that. But uh, the only thing, as far as releases that did come out that we didn't talk about, is the Live at Rock Palast release. And we can mention that briefly. So, uh, yeah. so uh, that was a release, uh, a nice, really compact box set, CD, DVD, covering two shows, the 1986 show and the 1991 show. At Essen and at Bonn, respectively. Yep. So how do you... I know you got that one. Yeah, actually, you know, my wife got it. I, I thought... I saw that it, she had ordered it, and I thought it was going to be a Christmas gift for me. So I didn't buy it. <laughs> and then I see it in her car one day, and she's playing it. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, what is it? you got this? And she said, yeah, I got it for myself. <laughs> this is mine. Hands off. <laughs> but yeah, it's fine, because, you know, we'll just share it. But Which we would have done anyway. But... Yeah, I've been listening to it mainly in the car on drives, and um, and I mean, I'm always excited whenever anything new like this is released. But I have to say, when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." You know, I've I've heard all this before, but that's cool. But there's a lot of stuff on there that I haven't heard before. I listening to some of this, I don't know if I just missed it or what, but uh, or if there's stuff on there that maybe hasn't been on some of the bootlegs that I own. Yeah. Um I know I know the one from 86 was one of my favorite bootlegs that I had because it was the quality was just so good and it had rain dance on it and <laughs> it's such a great opening salvo of songs. I mean, uh what is it like Wonderland Fields of Fire or Where the Roses Sown? I mean, Remembrance Day. Yeah, I mean, man, what a great start. But yeah. um the Bond one has been interesting to me because uh the 91 show because there's stuff on there that I don't think I've heard before, like some of the really extended versions of Manish Boy, and uh, even um, I, I know I've heard I know I know I've heard that version of Chance before, but um, never in quite that good quality. Where Stewart is telling everyone to take their shirts off. <laughs> right. Right. 
Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Right, stop, halt. Whoa. Right. Yeah, I love all that stuff. That's great. Right, it makes it like, have you ever seen on TV, has anyone ever seen Woodstock on television? Right? So, you'll know if you've ever seen Woodstock, at the bit where the crowd sings along, everybody takes all their clothes off. Right? So we want to see everyone getting naked in the hall tonight. And we could all be new age hippies and sing along to this. I'm serious, by the way. Right, get, there's a brave man there, look, get your kit off. Yeah, oh Lord. Where did that t-shirt go? Alright. Now all we need is another few hundred people to follow his example, and then the party really begins. So that was funny. But yeah, it's, it's a great release. I mean, it's a... It's a great release. I, I haven't actually checked out the DVD yet, but um, yeah, the audio is is great. It's it's a nice reminder of how you know awesome they were, e- even in '91. You know, which a lot of times we don't think of as much about because Mark was gone and it was kind of an odd time for the band, having released No Place Like Home, which is hit and miss with fans. But still, those those were great shows. The fantastic shows, and uh, it's obviously always great to have captured the tour when they played some songs that they didn't play later. That is always yeah, yeah. Uh, something for posterity. You know, capture everything, please, so so that we have it. Definitely. But I, I guess how well you remember these things uh, depend on how much you uh, saw the DVD. In many people's cases, because the DVDs have been uh, more readily available than the audio as a standalone. Mm. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I have some shows on DVD and not necessarily on CD or audio. And uh, I just don't sit down and watch DVDs that much. I can play them, of course, and listen to them through the sound system. But it's, there's just that little, you know, everything has its place. And uh, when you're in DVD mode, you go in the DVD shelf and put on a DVD and watch it. When you're just wanting to put something on, you look in, in your CDs or in your audio files. So that's the good thing about getting these in both formats here in the same package. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what we can say is uh, the the DVDs have been released relatively recent. There's the 2005 release of the Big Country at Rock Palast, which is a two-DVD set that collects basically the DVD content from this box set. There's also the standalone 2010 one, Wonderland, live in Rock Palast, which is a one-DVD collection of just the Essence show from 1986. Okay. So they exist there, here and there. I think you can find both, even the two-DVD one. It's not that hard to find on uh, either Amazon or certainly eBay for a decent price. It's not yeah. one of those astronomic things. Uh, now, the audio is a little harder to find. That They came out, uh, both of these, in 2001, actually. But uh, one of them, very hard to find. And uh, that was the, um, the 1986 show. came out as Rock Palast Festival Eurovision with dates on the cover and locations and band logo. It looked almost like a promo cover, if you ask me, or or bootleg cover. But that was an official Rock Palast release. But that had limited distribution, and I certainly never saw it much back in those days. But uh, the Bonn show came out as No Place Like Bonn Mm. on the Big Country website in November 2001. And that was a two-CD live show, just like on this box set. But that's a long time ago. 
back in 2001. So now they are coming out again as CDs and you get the DVDs thrown in and it's a very cheap package. You can go to Amazon and pick it up for 15 pounds. It's, it's nothing. Yeah, it's great. It's it, yeah. And it's a very well put together package as well. It looks nice. Great art design, I think. And, um, sound quality is great on those audio CDs and, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth picking up. Even if you feel like, Oh, I've heard this before go get it. Yeah. No, it, it's good. It's the, and uh, the last few years have been very encouraging when it comes to archive releases with Big Country. And f- for me, the the wide long face thing is, is so good to see that album in print and uh, and collecting all of those th- things on it. I know. So uh, I know. that uh, that leaves me hopeful for the other albums. I think uh, there is hope on the horizon for both Skinners and Driving to Damascus to come out in a similar type of compilation. That would be awesome. That would be that would be really great. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll unearth something that, that we haven't heard before. I'm hoping. Maybe there's a maybe there's a demo or two kicking around, or even I don't know. It's got to be something. <laughs> it's got to be something. Just put one thing on there, and I'll buy it. You know. That's what it is, and a lot a lot of people said that about uh, Wide Long Face. There was that one demo that had never been released anywhere else officially. Yeah, that, that's right. But of course, if you're in that situation where that was everything you missed, then you're a diehard collector to begin with. Okay, so <laughs> right. yeah, that, then you will get it. But it's not just about that. Uh, there is uh, also something to be said for getting a nice, compact, good release with everything on it in in the same location, and some world class liner notes to boot. <laughs> that's right. So uh, yeah, well, it, it was a great package. So without a doubt, lovely. But yeah, let let's see what the future can bring. Lots of archive releases are interesting. Then then we have kind of covered 2018 from a release point of view. So before we get into sort of the main portions of what comes later, there are some uh, there are some main things we're going to delve into. But let's look briefly at the podcast in 2018, like we normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have the highest number of podcasts in this year. I mean, as we record this, we have four episodes out, which is 77, wow. the house cleaning episode, 78, the WKW special, and 79 was the crossing part one, setting the stage, and 80 was the deep dive part two in a big country and inverts. Uh, before the Yuletide comes out, then 81 will also be released. That is the third part of the deep dive with Chance and Thousand Stars. And we're not sure if the storm is going to make it yet. It might make it, it might not. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. What do you say, Chief Editor? Did, you're leaning towards including it? Well, I, I'd like to, just to get, be done with it. But if it's if it's a gigantic, bloated, you know, three-hour thing, then uh, I, we'll hold it back for the next one. So, I, yeah, I'm in the process of, of editing it right now. And, um, yeah, who could imagine? We actually talked for a long time on these songs i'm surprised yeah chances another hour long discussion <laughs> <laughs> well there's a lot to get into there i think we uh, got better with thousand star before we totally a little yeah blew our budget on the storm yeah yeah we definitely blew the budget on that without a doubt a lot to talk about on that song so much to talk about yeah that that's uh, that is the song to do it on if you ask me it's uh, that one along with in a big country there's so much context and things to to explore Really? Yeah, yeah. But you know, like I was saying to you before we started recording, this is going to be our our last, uh, as far as we know, you know, this is our last full album deep dive. So, you know, we gotta we gotta make it we gotta make it a good one. 
Yeah. So we're putting everything we have into it. Editing, slaving away, editing, knowing that it will live in perpetuity and our hard work will be out there. Exactly. <laughs> and if you want the elevator pitch kind of uh, version of this, you can go to episode two. <laughs> That's right, yeah. If 81 or, or those those type of episodes are too long, we do have a, a short abbreviated version of, of The Crossing for you. So, yeah, something for everyone. Yeah, that's like the, the ghost of podcast past, I guess you could say. <laughs> yes, that, that's right. <laughs> I'm dreading the, the ghost of podcast future coming to visit. Yeah, well. I uh, hope that doesn't happen. That would be interesting, what form that would take. Yeah, who would who would that be? Well, we could think of some people, I'm sure. <laughs> who knows? But uh, yeah, so as we said, with uh, with that part of the crossing, that will be 81. So this Yuletide will be episode 82. So that is uh, 77 to 82. That's six episodes. So it's clearly the lowest number of episodes. But, you know, it's uh, this has not been a full year. We basically took off the first half of the year. So that shouldn't count. This this has not been a full year. We said after last year, we said it in the Yuletide, we're going to take off. We're not going to be operative as a podcast. We're going to be just off. And we needed to, to take off. And sometimes taking off helps, you know, uh, make, makes you more motivated when you come back. And I guess it's important to come back and feel like you want to do it again and be motivated. So... I think that's all good. And in since we came back, we have actually been more than normal prolific, especially if you look at the minutes of the length of episodes. So uh, I wouldn't take this as a negative other than the, the, the break was positive, I think, for the podcast. And the, the fact that we came back has been positive. We've really been going full tilt again. So I know. That, that's the context that we need to remember when we look at, uh, oh, we only did like six episodes. All right, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's a little low, but it, you know, it's not fair to compare it with the full years that we did in the past. Yeah. And have we ever had a, ever had a, a situation where our plans actually came to fruition because we, we were planning on having all the crossing done before the Yuletide show. But uh, of course that didn't happen. We were planning on having four songs done in the first crossing episode. Of course we got one. Um, <laughs> or two or whatever it was so you know it's like uh yeah we, we just we always bite off more than we can chew i don't know why i don't know why we keep doing it but we do yeah, yeah we're recording this now saying we want it to be two hours at tops and who knows we'll probably end up going for three so yeah i well, guess i better shut up <laughs> we're making it longer by complaining about it <laughs> how about that no but i did uh, i did some statistics to to see how are we how have we been doing how has the development of the podcast been since the beginning and uh, so i'm going to briefly count back to you the number of minutes we have done each year and in this i'm actually adding in time for 81 which isn't done yet and for this yuletide which isn't done yet you said i'm assuming now you will fit in the storm which will make that episode three hours long fair that's fair and I'm saying this one will be one hour, 45 minutes. And if that holds true, then the minutes we have is in 2012, we did 1,041. In 2013, we did 1,333. Wow. In 2014, we did 1,204. 2015, 1,017. 
Mm. And now, 2016, 1,628. <laughs> that is our busiest year. That is the most wow. minutes we did in a single year. 2017, 1,408, which is the second biggest. N- not surprised with the Damascus and everything. And this yeah. year, with the estimates we just mentioned, that will add up to 822 minutes. Ooh, our first sub-1,000. Yes. <laughs> but it is with uh, half a year off, actually more than half a year. Did, did we come back in September? I think it was September. I think it was, yeah. yeah. Which well, is nine months bad, off. Then. So we're, we've been busy for four months. We've been active this year. And that's the amount. So, yeah, we for when we were active, we definitely kept it up. So we didn't come back and throw in a a limp short episode <laughs> one type episode. Yeah. I mean, this, this all gets back to, uh, you know, just like us, you know, we're, we're getting older. We're, we're, we're falling behind a little bit. We're not quite as active, <laughs> but we are more long winded than ever. Problem <laughs> is that we're, we're both extremely active in, in, <laughs> in so many other areas than the podcast. And if yeah, anything, this shows that true. when we, when we come together and we focus on the podcast and we put everything in and then quickly the minutes fill up again. So if anything, this is a sign of vitality despite our age and uh, <laughs> all good Actually, things. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. It's important to stay busy with more than one thing. Yeah. And these bastards out there who say, I, I can't listen to it. three hours of a podcast in a month. <laughs> it's month's time. How many? Try editing three hours of a podcast in a weekend's time. I actually listen to a podcast that come up with three plus hours every week. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Of, of course, they don't have our production schedule. They, they are more like a weekly uh, update show on, on specific topics. So yeah, they sit down and they talk and they talk it. That's more like a stream of consciousness with, with light editing. Otherwise okay. they couldn't keep up on that, but also the listen. And uh, when I think of, you know, we gave you nine months we were off. If you didn't catch up on in nine months, well, then, then maybe uh, you need to spend until your retirement to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> Long after we're gone and you still have something to listen to. <laughs> now, I, th- I don't think we're the worst ones out there is what I'm saying. And we, there's definitely chances to catch up. I mean, I understand yeah. when we first start with all these deep dives and three plus hours and stuff. Yeah, sure. It's... Uh, can take a little time to catch up but the time to catch up is definitely there definitely uh, but in addition to all these years i summarized i also summarized our deep dives how did we do with the deep dives how long are the deep dives per album and so Ooh. this is uh again using the estimates we had for the crossing and only with the three episodes that we have in the can so far but uh, even with those three we are above at least four or five other podcasts or other deep dives already. Because as wow. you will remember, for a lot of these deep dives, we had three episodes. Like No Place Like Home, where two or three, depending how you count it, if that episode five sort of setting the stage or those middle years, I kind of chose to count it. And it's still the, the shortest um, one of them all. Mm. So um, No Place Like Home, over those three episodes, is 226 minutes or three hours 46 minutes. And that's our shortest deep dive. The Seer over three episodes was 234 minutes or three hours 54 minutes. Not much longer. It's actually nine minutes longer than No Place Like Home. That's a surprise. The Journey, we had four episodes. 
that's 310 minutes or five hours, 10 minutes. So that's a little lift again from the previous two. But then we did wide long face and that was a dip. Three episodes, 239 minutes or three hours, 59. Let's call it four hours. That is about, that is actually um, five minutes longer than the seer or 14 minutes longer than No Place Like Home. So those are the three short ones. We always think of No Place Like Home as the short one. I guess you can count it even shorter if you exclude episode five. But No Place Like Home, The Seer, and Wide Long Face are definitely much shorter than all the others. Interesting. So, yeah, the journey, I mentioned that. That would be the, the, the fourth one up with five hours, ten minutes. So all the ones coming here are longer. And I can... If I jump to the crossing, that would be the next one up. And we have seven hours so far. Actually, a little more since I added time to it with the storm. Oh um, 479 <laughs> minutes. What is that? That is actually seven hours, 59. Wow. So you're including, I'm assuming, like the roundtable discussions. Yeah, for for okay. for Steel Town and for Skinners, they get the benefit of a roundtable discussion. Yeah, and Steeltown had an all-speakpipe episode, too, which I think is the only show that we've ever done that for, yes. for an album. And I did include that, which is fair, because in others, the others get bolstered by the speakpipes, and we just collected them and right. commented on them. So, yeah, Steeltown, in theory, should be the, the biggest. It isn't, though. We know which one that is. But I'll continue, and I'll count upwards. So the crossing, at, after three episodes and half the album, is about eight hours. <laughs> half the album. This is on par to be the longest, but uh, of course this includes the uh, setting the stage one, which we won't be having again. So it's not, it's it, we're more than halfway, right? From right. that perspective, but it's going to be very close to Damascus if this keeps up. So that would be the, that would be the fifth one. That would be the middle one so far, halfway through. So the four that are above it, if I can continue counting upwards, number four would be peace in our time at 476 minutes or 7 hours 56 minutes we know that's <laughs> going to be surpassed by the crossing uh, the third one up is steel town with with six episodes um 571 minutes or 9 hours 31 minutes it's safe <laughs> to assume that will also be surpassed by the crossing yeah. then we have number 2 so far that is the buffalo skinners with its five episodes 647 minutes or 10 hours 47 minutes i think uh, we have a good shot at beating that but it's not certain well that one we have to see i think we'll this and this places it of course but in your 10 to 12 hours right estimate right. which i think uh, definitely will be closer to 12 yeah i think skinners will be beaten and then we have the one currently the longest one in six episodes 860 minutes or 14 hours 20 minutes driving to damascus Amazing. Amazing. And let me just say, too, though, that when I said 10 to 12 hours, I wasn't counting the uh, the the intro episode. I was counting only when we started with the songs. So maybe I maybe I just should have made that more clear. But uh, yeah. And that is two hours, 13 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that'll definitely put us over the top. But Mm -hmm. Hey, if if I'm wrong, I'm I'm fine with being wrong. I'm not gonna try to keep it short <laughs> just to make me right. So, <laughs> no, but who who would have known at that point that we would spend one hour forty minutes on one song? I can't believe it. I honestly, ugh. it's going to be two songs when we add sound clips to uh, to the storm, which is one. Well, it's ninety minutes of talk. 
<laughs> and I don't. Yeah. I told you offline. I think we had a break before we started the storm, and I said to Jen, "Okay, we just have the storm. We'll be forty-five minutes out. We're done in forty-five minutes." And she said, "No, I know you. You'll be taking twice as long." And that's exactly <laughs> the time we spent. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was like Tom will be done in forty-five minutes, maybe, <laughs> but we will not be. Yeah, I don't. I don't quite think you were. Maybe you were. Maybe we did spend forty-five minutes each. Yeah. No, it's a uh, it's amazing. It is. But yeah, you know, I and I never, you know, I hope I hope it doesn't come across as boring when people listen to it because I never felt bored, you know. The time just flew flew by. It I was did, surprised yeah. that I Yeah, I mean, I I was surprised that I that I still and happy, happily surprised that I've felt such a surge in interest um in the crossing because sometimes you you sort of these albums that that you you talk about and hear so much you don't think about them as deeply. And when we, before we started to do them, I thought, okay, you know, we're just going to do the crossing because we need to do the crossing. But uh, it's been great. It's been great really getting back in that mindset of 1983 yeah. when it came out and forcing ourselves to think about what it was like when we first heard the songs instead of thinking about them now with all the baggage of, you know, countless plays and all of those things. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. It was the same for for me for Driving to Damascus. Uh, that was such a, a boost. I've been getting it for almost every album, even Peace in Our Time. I tried to find redeeming features, and, and they are there. But sometimes yeah. it's a bigger struggle than other times. With this, it's just road wear. And every album that you live with for 35 years will have some element of road wear. And you just have heard it so many times. And right. that's the challenge, really, to try and put your fresh air to it again. And it works. It's it's amazing how this deep dive work. So I kind yeah. of expected it for the crossing because you know after down to Damascus, even that one was became so fresh that to this day it's uh, it's almost like a new album again. Yeah, it is, and I'm really glad that we're ending our you know deep dive thing on on the crossing. I think it's it's very fitting yeah. that it ends on the crossing, and it feels so it feels like such a positive way to end i mean it's 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 such a celebratory album in in so many ways yeah and so many good feelings about it so uh a, a stark contrast to driving to damascus uh, definitely that's really the podcast year 2018 i mean we, we didn't have a ton of um, of episodes and it's talking about highlights kind of almost don't make sense but even so uh I imagine the WKW has got to be one of your highlights. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was so much fun. And uh, yeah, and you know, thanks to everyone who's listened to that stuff and let us know that you like it. And we have a WKW Facebook page too. If you're not familiar with it, go there. I'm trying to keep it updated as often as I can. It's really hard right now because Bruce and Jamie are just like busier than they've ever been. I mean, they, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but, uh, really cool i mean big country seems to really be on an uptick as far as their their live shows i mean they're getting lots of work and they're selling out shows and they're getting huge crowds i mean like i don't know what's happened i was talking about this with the uh, jf and g when we got together recently like what what is causing this i mean we're ecstatic about it but it seems like more people are coming to see them and um you know so it, it's it's really interesting and it's great but um you know they are very busy, so right now we're we're uh, we're trying to work as we can on new songs, and I'm kind of in the process of recording a bunch of new stuff and 
new and old because we're we're going to resurrect a couple things too and and do some stuff that uh that no one's heard before but that is kind of an old rooted in in the old uh in the past I guess I could say in even the skids early days so we're trying to do some stuff with that and um as well as do some new songs so it, yeah it's it's been a lot of fun it's been so great and uh we're looking forward to that so we we've got a few plans i mean one of the things we would we're interested in is well the the ultimate plan is to is to create a full length album um hopefully by the summer but we can't say that for sure but the main thing will be to see if we can get uh sort of a crowdfunding thing going for a for a physical release yeah because a lot a lot of people have said yeah, they'd like a cd of it uh, and of the EP that we did, which was just digital release. And we would too. I'd love to have a, a CD physical copy of it with that great artwork from Tim Eldred and on all that stuff. But, um, it just wasn't really cost. It, it wasn't really conducive to the cost to do that for that EP. But if we can get enough people interested in helping us, you know, pay for the, the production of that, we would, we would go that route. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Mm. We'll uh, we'll keep people posted on developments as they come in, of course. Exactly, and, yeah. and we do one other thing. We do we do have um, another letter to add to the WKW, at least for one track. We got Colin Berwick to add his mighty organ to to one of the songs that we're working on. Yes, I know you were pleased to have his Hammond sound embrace the track. <laughs> Well, you know what? He didn't. He didn't add the Hammond. I was. I was pleased. He added a. He literally added an organ type sound. Oh, more nice. Like a, okay. More like a churchy type of organ sound. So I didn't. I. I like that more. Yeah. He did a good job. So we'll. We'll see. We'll see how that one works out. Nice. Another thing that happened this year that we should not forget is the debut of another. Big Country Podcaster, I guess it's it's best to call it Videocast, which is Dwayne Bunny's Beautiful People. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know, I've been speaking to Dwayne about this for over a year, and this was going to be a normal podcast where uh, basically about the same thing as he's doing on the Videocast now, talk to Big Country fans about their fandom, the music they like, Big Country memories, and those type of things. But, uh, you know... Anyone who uh, follows Dway knows that he uh, he's getting to be quite the entrepreneur and posting video updates about anything and everything. It, I, just, uh, <laughs> I, see, I see so many video things. So when he came out and said, hey, how about we make this a video thing? I kind of like, oh, well, that makes sense. I should have seen that coming, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's done two now, uh, even though he uh, insists that one of them was a trial and the other one is really episode one. So the one that... Um, wasn't worthy to get an episode number was the test he did with you. <laughs> right. It was fun. It was fun to see you guys sit there and squirm. And you even <laughs> showed your big country drawer. Yeah, I did. Very briefly. Yeah, you did. And for, for people who don't know what that is, we, we made reference to this in uh, which episode? It must have been the housekeeping one. Yeah, it was the house house cleaning episode yeah, or whatever. Yeah, about the big country collections. And Tom revealed he has a big country drawer where everything is thrown into. So at least he has a big country area. And he showed that drawer in the first video episode of Beautiful People that he did with Vane, or in episode zero, I should say. <laughs> That's right. Ground zero. 
it was a big drawer. That's all I can say. So if it's full, it is a big drawer. It's yeah. full of full of stuff too. <laughs> Unorganized, not in great condition, but it's there. It would make it would make Svein, you know, vomit. I'm a little more concerned with not in great condition than that. I mean, disorganized <laughs> I can take because then you have the potential to organize it, but not in great condition. That is just lack of love, dude. Well, I know, but it's just—it's just, just like—I uh, don't have anything wrapped or. Kept no, but that is okay. That—that that doesn't mean it's in bad condition. It's got like tears in the ah. in the packaging from being thrown in there. Yeah, from being thrown with force into your non-fireproof drawer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sitting in the car for long periods of time. Oh well. But there was one very interesting thing about that clip that. Um, I kind of uh, stopped, and I didn't do quite the double take that uh, Dwayne did. But there was one clip where you admitted to not knowing James Last. <laughs> That's true. I did not know him. The King of Corn himself. I felt like a, a fool, but uh, with the <laughs> reaction I got, but uh, I, I did, I did not know that name. Yeah, and Dwayne's reaction: What? Seriously, you haven't heard of James Last? <laughs> And my dad was really, really conservative, so and my mum as well. So she used to like listening to things like James James Last uh, and Bert Camford. They were two trumpet players who I had, I still have ingrained, and I've still got mental and psychological scars from James Last and Bert Camford. Wow. Some of those influences. Um, never heard of any. But as I believe, <laughs> what you've never heard of James Last? Are you serious? I honestly never heard of James Last. <laughs> For those who don't know, I mean, I, we had some fun with it. I was at a record fair and actually found James Last CDs and posted <laughs> a picture of them on the Great Divide Facebook. I said, hey, do I need to pick this up for you, Tom? And your um, your response was, discouragingly enough, yes. But uh, <laughs> I, I sadly lost them. So oh, they will not on. be coming. But I did do some research. And did you know that there is a big country connection to James Last? Wow. That's a shock. You did not know. Uh-uh. How, how would you know when you barely found out that James Last exists and that you yeah. had never heard of him? There is a big country connection. And this, this required quite some research. And uh, it's important to know that James Last, he was known as the King of Corn. That, that tells everything about his, his musical style. He was <laughs> affectionately known as the King of Corn. He kind of said he was fine with being called it because uh, his success spoke for itself. It was like our entire parental generation in the 70s. You know, whenever they had friends over on a Saturday or whatever, they would play stuff like James Last, which is <laughs> horribly loungy background wish-wash orchestral music, really. And uh, mm-hmm. But he would do all these thematic releases, like anything popular, Hila Santo. So you have these albums like James Last Plays Beatles, James Last Plays ABBA, James Last Plays Almost Anything. And I found this trailer for a proposed release. I think even some music was made for James Last Plays Big Country. <laughs> oh, no. Is this vocals? Yeah, the... <laughs> the trailer features some songs from that proposed album, and they have vocals on them. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I found it. So why don't we have really the world official premiere of this trailer? James Last <laughs> plays Big Country. Uh... We laid the night in anguish, thanks drawn up by the 
from Great Divide Records, a new quality release. Presenting an archive release from the King of Corn, James Last, as he makes his journey to another musical adventure. We present the album James Last Plays Big Country, featuring big country classics such as Harvest Home. The fence is falling, who broke the plowman's thread? Who heard a winter calling, who wore a tailor's thread? How many sheets were counted, how did the carriage shine? How many was who doubted, how did the landlord fight? Just as you saw, you shall read. Just as you saw, you shall read. Just as you saw, you shall read. James Last, the musical scout in the stairwell, presents a heart-wrenching rendition of the big country epic, The Storm. I came from the hills with a tear in my eye The winter closed in as the crowds filled the sky The houses were burning in flames from the dread The people were running with a sound of dread Oh, my James James Last plays Big Country, featuring the biggest love duet of our lifetime, Fields of Fire. Between a father and a son, between the city and the world, for a teacher and a Shining guy will never cry. James Last plays Big Country, featuring the ode to sexual innuendo, Close Action. A score of years this swine has run Above the breasts that drowned the sun A mile-high club that turbines I, 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 
James Last, leading his orchestra through the international big country hit, In a Big Country. Come up screaming. Come up screaming. I've never seen you look like this without a reason. Another promise falling through another season. Versus by you. Come up screaming I never took the smile away from anybody's face And that's a desperate way to look for someone who is still A child In a big country Dreams stay with you Like a lover's voice Past the mountainside Stay alive I thought that painted truth was things that really mattered From Great Divide Records James Last plays Big Country The new album from the King of Corn Coming soon to a record player near you Don't dilly-dally, get it now Prices start at $49.99 plus taxes and additional costs Regional fees may apply Oh my gosh, it's incredible. Yeah, who would have known that such a trailer existed? That's uh, <laughs> It's such a find. I can only hope that, uh, you know, in time, we can find more of the full actual songs. But, you know, that's probably not likely, but you never know. I, I just, I don't even know what to say. I can't <laughs> believe, I'm even more embarrassed now that I did not know who James Last was. <laughs> I mean, he even name-checked himself in that, in that ver- amazing version of... Um, of the storm yes well he he likes putting in these nuggets for his true fans (laughs) whoever did that that is that's an incredible piece of work right there that is uh that's great and an epic just just like uh the epics we're discussing on the crossing yeah no doubt that is that is some good work was that (laughs) person do you know if that person's family was around when that person was doing that i can't imagine that they would be if a person even had a family, he sounds kind of lonely to me. Oh, that's true. But uh, you never know. It, it's kind of yuletide, so it's good to present this for the first time to, to the world. It's because, you know, the album was never actually released. So everything was set up. Kind of like Fragile Thing. There probably was a fiasco of sorts. So this was shelved. Maybe Dave Bates <laughs> wanted uh, Peter Wolf's involvement or something. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. That sounds like something Dave Bates would have really been into. <laughs> Maybe he uh, proposed this to to James Last, and maybe James Last himself said, no, screw you, Dave Bates. I do things my own way. I'm the king of corn. (laughs) And all my fans that I fondly call the cornies, they won't like your meddling, Dave Bates. So off you go. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's great. Yeah, I thought I recognized the the saxophone, maybe, from one great thing in there. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if they stole bits and put them in some of the worst... 12-inch releases here and there. 
the big bad last <laughs> remix. <laughs> My James last. <laughs> Yeah, and you didn't have to do this, my James Last. That's fantastic. And uh, in the end, he didn't. Fantastic. What a great piece of Christmas cheer that was. (laughs) If if this doesn't keep your your Christmas spirits uh, afloat, then I don't know what will. (laughs) Maybe our last segment will uh, will help those who uh, still need that little extra push. The Yankee Speaks, a dramatic reading. Greetings, fellow big countryans, and welcome to this, my illustrious first column for Country Club. Yes, it is I, the Yankee, writing to you from a small sleepy town on America's eastern coast, working hard for that Yankee dollar and spending said dollar on overpriced big country imports. But some of you out there may be thinking, who is this twit, and what qualifications does he have to write a column in Country Club? Firstly, how dare you question my qualifications, and secondly, I really don't know what my qualifications are. I do know that I love big country, however, more than any of you, I'm sure, so shut your sink and traps and read. By the way, I intend to use this column as a sounding board for, well, mostly myself, I guess, but also for any of you who have any long pent-up feelings or opinions concerning any aspect of big country that you simply can no longer contain, so... Please feel freer than an emancipated slave to write me at the address below. Thanks. And now, wait for it. On with the spewage. So here's my question. How is it that on with the spewage has not been the motto of the Great Divide from the very beginning? Have at you, guys. Seriously, though, thank you for all the amazing hard work that you put in over the years. Your love and dedication to big country is unmatched. And your podcast is still the best fan podcast ever made. Stay alive, guys, and happy holidays. So the big thing in this one, we always have a main feature. So in the past, we spoke about uh, big country Christmas traditions, and then we spoke about their New Year's gigs, and we had a topic. And like we said some years ago, all of those have really been exhausted. There isn't more to explore, really, in terms of holiday season and big country. We need to kind of make it relative to it ourselves. So this year, for your Christmas entertainment, there has been one feedback I have gotten. And I actually did ask for feedback on uh, on the Great Divide Facebook group, as always. And in the past, we have had hundreds of questions, dozens of speak pipes, I can reveal that this year we got one speak pipe from one person. Thank you very much, Ayelet. You are a star. <laughs> uh, and we will use that speak pipe. We are saving it a little bit for last. But um, even though I, I should, in fairness, mention that I, uh, I I had a chat with Arlen and mentioned this, and I think he took pity because suddenly there were many speak pipes coming just from him. So, But uh, <laughs> one feedback I got, even though it wasn't really part of that feedback, but over the year, is one thing people like that I do is when I quiz you on stuff. They like when I give you questions, put you on the spot, and try to have you answer. So, <laughs> All right. So welcome to the Yuletide Big Country Quiz Game Show. The Great Divide presents the 2018 Yuletide Big Country Quiz Game Show. (music) 
you think you know a lot about big country? You may have to think again. This show will test your stuff. You may be going down, or maybe you'll stand triumphant on the battlefield when all is said and done. The 2018 Yuletide Big Country Quiz Game Show. The show that makes growing flowers in the desert look easy. The contestant is Tom. How do you do, Tom? <laughs> Thank you for coming to the game show. I am your host, The Swine, and I shall give you the rules. There are many questions coming. I hope you're sitting comfortable in your questionnaire participant chair. I am. The interesting thing is that half of these questions, and I have 30 questions for you, half of them are submitted by our listeners. 30? Yes. Sons of bitches. This will be rapid fire questions, putting you on the spot. Half of them come from our listeners, and half of them come from me. Well, let me sit back and uh, kick off my pants. Yes. I will give you the rundown of how this is to sort of ease you into it. Some questions will be very easy. They give you one point. Some questions will be very hard. They give you up to five points. So easy question one, hard question five, and we have all sorts in between. (laughs) The maximum amount of points you can get is 75. The minimum is zero. (laughs) And uh, to help you in the quest for highest number of points possible, you have a total of 15 wildcard points to use. Oh my gosh. These points will buy you a solid hint. The cost for hint equals the number of points the question is for. So if you have an easy question worth one point, if you want to spend wildcard points for a hint there, that costs only one. A difficult okay. five-point question spends five wildcard points. So you can spend them as you like. You can do 15 one-point question or three five-point questions with wildcard hints or any mixture thereof. So uh, I, I have gone through a lot of questions, and there, there were two types of questions that really I excluded right off, and that was the ones that are too easy and the one that simply are too hard. And just to warm you up, you're going to get an example of both. Yeah, don't ask <laughs> me for names. There's probably some names in there, but uh, mostly other things. You, you you might end up missing the names. Who knows? All right. But uh, an example for of an easy one. Uh, what was Loserville wrongly called on its CD single? Oh, um, I know this one. <laughs> and this is your favorite song from the time to Damascus. <laughs> uh, Dust on the road, of course. Exactly. Well, um, I, I, I pegged that one as too easy, but maybe I shouldn't have. At least it gave you some... I knew it immediately, but for some reason I could not think of a title. Yeah, I just, I, I'm, and that's I'm the thing. You, very often you will probably get in that situation where you will know it, but you can't think of it. You're right. But uh, I'll also have an example of something that is obviously way too hard, and this was uh, submitted by our friend Dwayne. And it's, it's an excellent <laughs> question. It's actually a very interesting question, but it's... Um, it's impossible. I, I would never have gotten this myself. There, there's a question on how strong is the big country relevance really to it. 
And the question is, number one, uh, actually I'll break it down because this isn't the question, but it's about the guy who played Ronnie in Restless Natives, right? <laughs> do you know that actor's okay. name? No. I no, do I don't either. And that's not the question. The actor's name is Joe Mullaney. Do you know when he had his last acting credit according to Internet Movie Database? Do you know uh, anything he did outside of Restless Natives? Let's put it on that level. And that's not even the question. He, wasn't he a... Wasn't he a comedian? No, that's no. That's I can't else. tell you that. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I no, don't and, know. and that's not even the question. I mean, he had his last official acting credit in 1994. But this is the question: that despite that, despite really giving up that acting profession, he is still acting today. But what exactly ah. is he doing? Cartoon vo- cartoon voice work. He works as a role-playing actor for medical students. <laughs> wow, interesting. So yeah, so he probably emulates different type of uh, what kind damages. of fan am I for not knowing that? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's too hard, obviously. And uh, so we we want to hear your brain cells turn, but there should be a fair chance. And I think that um, it's very interesting. And now I've given everybody that factoid. It's a cool factoid. I love factoids, which is why I love that question. Despite I kind of know it's too hard. So that was an example of too easy and too hard. So hopefully we uh, we can set the uh, the balance straight. All right. So yeah, we're gearing up here for the thirty questions, and I hope that the people who listen, yeah, we, we will enjoy hearing Tom sweat figuratively and and uh, hear him ponder his way through this. But also take the chance to uh, think about this yourself. This is your your Christmas crackers right here in the form of a podcast. So. Um, I, I will not say personally that I would have guessed all of these. I, I know I wouldn't. So there are some really brain scorchers, some really hard ones in here, but uh, something for everybody. So I would say if you get half the points that you possibly can, that's a decent result. And if you get two thirds, that's really a way, abo- way, way above expectations. And I probably wouldn't have gotten that much myself. But here we go. Let's do it. Are you ready? Let's go. Question number one. We start with the listener questions. And question one comes from Kenny Henderson. Kenny! He wants to quiz you on this. Which other musician said this about Stuart? And this is for one point, by the way. The quote is, Stuart has arrived at a guitar style which not only announces its own identity, but which loudly proclaims Scotland. Bill Nelson. Exactly. One point so far. We start easy. Question number two. This comes from Ayelet Saxtein. What are the longest and shortest tracks out of all Big Country studio album? One point for each. The longest and shortest. Yes, and we're talking bona fide studio album tracks. Studio album tracks, okay. Jeez. Um, uh, longest would be, I'm going to take a guess here, educated guess, The Storm. Um... And uh, shortest, jeez, I'm sure we talked about this at some point. Um, it's got to be something that's like two minutes, under two minutes, but I'm thinking of an official studio album. Yes, no B-sides. All right, let, let, me, let me spend a hint point on this. Uh, wild card point on the shortest. Yes. Okay. The hint is that it is on the Driving to Damascus album. Oh, okay. President slipped and fell. 
All right. That's the shortest. I'm probably wrong on the on the longest, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the storm. You'll stick with the storm. I can tell you that uh, your point was spent wisely on the president slipped and fell. That is the shortest. That's 2 minutes 57 seconds. And like we spoke about there, there is an awkward edit. I know there's a longer version of that song somewhere. Right. So we'll get that someday when they get to the Drive to Damascus box set. Uh, as for the longest, you got the album right. That was Puraman, isn't it? I did ask you this question uh, in the lead-up thing when I quizzed you. With, what is the longest song? And I gave you the, the alternatives, The Storm and Paramen. I know, and I remember you doing that as we were talking, but I couldn't <laughs> remember which one it was. Yes, it is Paramen at seven, what is, 7 minutes yeah. 53, yeah. Okay, okay. Damn, I'm so close. Question number three. This comes from our friend Niall Featherstone. And uh, as, as you could expect from him, it's a bass-related question. This is for three points, which means that it's a slightly uh, mid-difficult here. The question is, what is the name of the bass guitar manufacturer from Bristol, UK, who has produced signature bass guitars for Scott Whitley and is currently designing a signature bass guitar for Tony Butler? Um... And I have seen Tony actually promote this quite a bit on his page, that uh, they're making this guitar for him. Is it, is it Chowney? Is it the Chowney bass? That is correct. Oh, nice. All right. Steven Chown from Chowney Bass Guitars. I'll give you uh, that. You get the three I'm, points. I'm surprised I pulled that out. <laughs> that is, yeah, I, that's yeah, well I've, I've, I've seen that uh, promoted a lot, as you say, so that stuck with me. Yes. Question number four. This comes from our friend Andy Inkster, and he has um, really a three-part question, which means you get one point for each part. And he is asking you about the first commercially available dance remix of In a Big Country. He wants to know the artist who made that dance remix. He wants to know that artist's name of the song and the year of release. I believe it was Mr. Blank mm-hmm. who did it. Um, I'm going to say the year was... Jeez, was it that it was in the nineties? Uh huh. Mid nineties. I'm gonna say nine. I I feel like it was around the in a big or the Y Long Face era, so I'm gonna say ninety five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember the title. Something something in a big country. Yeah. What could it be in a big country? Um. It wasn't Mr. Blank in a big country. <laughs> or James Last in a big country. Um, and th- this is worth one point? That part of the question is worth one point, yes. Okay. Um, come up screaming in a big country? Stay alive in a big country? Probably one of those two. Pick one. One of them right. is correct. Oh. Um, all right, we'll go with stay alive in a big country. You got it. That's the one. Yes. Yes, you got that yes. one. So Mr. Blank is correct. You got one there. Stay Alive in a Big Country is correct. You got one there. And I was going to give you plus minus one year for the year of release, which was 97. So I won't give uh, you that one. But you get okay, two out of three right. on that one, which is uh, quite well. Well done there. Good. Yeah, Mr. Blank. I mean, who cares? <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> it's really awful. I probably heard it once. I, I remember hearing when yeah. it was promoted coming out and i was like oh that's cool someone's paying homage to in a big country but, yeah you gotta give yeah. it that 
it's definitely it, it is cool yeah but it's also awful But anyway, two out of three, Bogan. Yeah, that's that's not bad. They give you that. Question number five. This comes from Ming the Merciless, Stuart uh-huh. Menzies of Dunfermline. Not be easy. And he, of course, has a very collector type of question for you. This is where I'm weak. I'm very weak on collector <laughs> stuff. Yeah, if I hear you rattling around your your drawer, then uh, then you're disqualified. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it shouldn't be too hard. It's uh, it's worth two points. This one. This is about the Singles Collections box set, Volumes 1 through 4. Three of them have seven CDs in them. One of them has six. Name the volume that has six CDs in it. Ooh. Um, wow. And you, for the record, you have number two in your drawer somewhere, I assume? I think but so. But you, do, you don't have all of them, do you? No, I don't. I do not have all of them. Um, crap. I should. It ha- and this, the one that has seven, you say? Three of them have seven. One of them have six. So name the volume that has six in it. Um, okay. I know it's not one or two. Um, I'm going to go with volume three because I seem to remember like I seem to remember singles on there that weren't from the same album or whatever, or from from like the Skinner's era, No Place Like Home era. All right, I'm going to go with three. Okay. It is one. Ah, CD box set number one has six discs in it. All the others have seven. Oh, man. All right. So that was a toughie, I guess. That was tough. That was tough. Yeah, it's especially tough if you never really played them. Like you, you probably have never even looked at what could be in the ones you don't have. So no, no, no. not really. I knew Ming would get me. <laughs> Ming would get you. Merciless. Question number six. Number six should uh, give you a chance to catch up. All right. This is worth one point. Uh, actually, one point each. It's a two-song question, and this comes from Dexter M from Washington D.C. Oh, really? Dexter M. Dexter M. from Washington, D.C. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know who this is. <laughs> who could it be? Well, this guy, who I hear is uh, has a comprehensive big country site out there, asks you, what Why the Long Face era songs are missing from the 2018 box set? And you get one point for each of the songs missing. Missing from the box set. Why the Long Face era songs... Oh, geez, man. I need to have it in front of me to figure that out. Um, 
All right, let me let me just think about this for a second. Um, I need a track listing. I I don't know. I don't know this. <laughs> yeah, Dexter, this is too hard. This one is is tough. Um, hold on a second. Let me just think for just a couple more seconds. Okay, how about um, how about all go together acoustic version? Um, what about the acoustic version of In a Big Country? Uh, I can't, I can't think of anything else. Um, how about, how about Vicious? Uh, does it include those songs, those covers? Any, uh, era songs that were included on any release that has been put out there? Including like CD singles and B sides, yes, including and all that. CD singles, including rarities. All right, so I'm going to go with the In a Big Country acoustic version, the All Go Together acoustic version, um, both from the non thing. Yeah, um, I'll go with Blue on a Green Planet, that demo version. It is only two songs. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry, I thought it was four for some reason. <laughs> no, it's two songs. All right. Well, let, let me. Okay. Let's just go with those first two. Okay. I can tell you that the non-set was included. The songs oh, in question uh, are I Feel Fine and Eggplant. <laughs> wow. I forgot Eggplant was even a part of that era. Yeah. There was that, some discussion that's... on whether that should be included. And uh, some of the liner notes actually had the story of Eggplant, but they had to be taken out because they decided against including Eggplant. Okay. Well, so... that was a miserable failure. <laughs> Eggplant or not including it? <laughs> well, my answers. <laughs> oh, well, you can't get it all, and don't expect to. These are these are tough, but it's uh, it's fun to see you try, and it's fun to hear you resonate. So <laughs> keep at it. Question number seven. This comes from our old buddy Jason Allen. Jason. He has a very interesting one for you. This is worth five points. Five points. Oh, this is gonna be tough. <laughs> Maybe I'll give some five just to dishearten you. <laughs> But we'll see. This was uh, one that I didn't know because he sent it to me first and had me have a crack at it. And uh, I didn't know. I, I, I sent him my guess and that was wrong. But uh, well, well, let's see how you do. And this one is, when Through a Big Country was being planned prior to release, which song did the record company suggest re-recording for the compilation? Mm, this rings a vague bell. Like, I... I feel like I should know this. Um, it was probably in one of Jason's fanzines. <laughs> it might have been. Uh, man, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a guess of some sorts. But let me just say, um, and and this was an old. Let, let me let me take a hint from this one. I'll take the five points. You'll, you'll burn the five points on this one. Yeah, I'll burn it. Okay. The track comes from The Crossing. It was one of the singles. It was a song that uh, was not as known in some territories as some of the other songs. And it was a single. Gosh, all right. Well, that means Harvest Home or Chance. So I'll go with Harvest Home, I guess. I'm wrong, aren't I? 
<laughs> I should insert a ticking clock there. It was chance. It was chance. Okay, well, that was <laughs> that was pretty well known. I thought. Yeah, it was chance. In America. Um, Stewart said in an interview with Jason that uh, he, uh, yeah, this this it, it's probably in the magazine. That's actually a good thing. I didn't go and 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 dive into uh, those magazines, but. Uh, Stuart was having some talk at this time. I don't know if you remember. I remember this from some other interviews. He was talking about having a fresh start around this time. And uh, I read on one of those quotes uh, when we discussed Chance in the deep dive. That, yeah. Uh, he, he, he said it was time to write a new anthem, a new type of song. And that's the frame of mind he was in. That um, he, he talked about only playing newer material in the future which was a thing that some artists were talking about at the time. I mean, David Bowie had a similar thing around that time where he announced he was tired of playing the old hits. He was doing one tour to wrap up really the old hits, and then he would go into the next phase of his career. And Stewart was on that train, and that is likely the idea why that re-recording was scrapped. Yeah, I was going to say, that that's what kept me from even naming it as well, but I guess it was the record company's idea, not Stewart's, so... Dave Bates. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Well, the, you know what? Go. In retrospect, it would have been interesting to hear what they would might have done with it. But um, yeah, I think uh, what makes sense to me is uh, is what didn't make sense in 1983 that they didn't release Chance in America, for example, on yeah. the heels of such a big hit as in a big country. They didn't have the follow up right away. They they waited a long time until Wonderland to that ended up being the follow up single. So Chance never got that that opportunity. And maybe maybe it could have had a late resurgence or sort of a a chance in a market that wasn't familiar with it as a single. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. All right, well, I failed on that one. <laughs> you failed on that one. Question number eight. Question eight comes from CJ. She wonders, on which studio albums does the Ebo not make an appearance? Um, Buffalo Skinners. Um... Hold on. Buffalo Skinners. It is on No Place Like Home. Um, It is on Why the Long Face. Uh, Driving to Damascus. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm assuming it's on the journey, but I can't remember. So, okay, I'm going to say Buffalo Skinners and Driving to Damascus. Those are correct. Yes. She has one more in her answer, which we can certainly debate um, if that's a correct one. If you had to pick a third, what would it be? Um, if I had to pick a third, it would prob- probably be why the no, not on my not why the long face. That's obviously not it. Jeez, um, Steel Town maybe. Steel Town. No, evil. no, that's very obviously in that <laughs> um, where the roses sown. I guess. I guess no place like home. That is the one she has. What song uh, do you hear Ebo on on that one? Well, I remember we we talked about this. Um, That's so long ago. I think it was the Hostage Speaks. Maybe there might have been some Ebo on that. Um, huh. I know. I know there was. I know there was something um, in there that I that I thought there was a little bit of Ebo buried in that. But I mean, I mean, it's possible that she's right. 
Yeah, and since you mentioned it, I'm going to give you the point for it in any case. So that was one point each for the three she has. So you get those. Nice. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine comes from Cora Crowley. And his is very easy. Was driving to Damascus or the journey released on cassette? So that's basically two yes-no questions, and you get one point for one right, three points for both right. Okay, Driving to Damascus or The Journey released on cassette. Um, Driving to Damascus was, I'm going to say The Journey, no. Okay, that's correct. Nice. You get three points for those two. Nice. Question number 10. Number 10 is Oliver Hunter. He uh, has the following question. Can you name five any five of the guest performers on the Eclectic album. So uh, there's a list of them. I have all of these. And uh, this, you get five points for the fifth name. You get zero points for the first four. The fifth name is considered the challenge, and it's considered a huge challenge. So name five. Uh, Kim Mazel. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Good grief. Bobby <laughs> Valentino. Correct. Um, the 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 percussionists who had a name, <laughs> which was three, <laughs> but I can't remember their actual names. Oliver Hunter said those bongo guys does not count. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, come on, Oliver! All right, I don't know the percussionist guys' names. Um, the Steve Harvey, of course, sling it. Yeah, Steve um, Harley, you get that one. Harley, yes, yeah, sorry, <laughs> Steve Harvey. <laughs> he's, the, <laughs> he's the black host of uh, Family Feud here in America. Ah. Comedian. Um, Steve Harley. Uh, Carol Lala. Of course. And here you have the four that are considered easy. So the fifth one scores you five points. And that can be any of a number of them. Yeah, I, mm, I don't know. I give up. Wildcard points? No, no. I'm going to save Three of them, I mean, the, the one that probably I would have guessed is Aaron Emerson. He has a very famous dad. Oh, geez, I didn't even know he was on that. Oh, yeah, he was. And you have Hassan Ramsey and Mohammed Tufik. Ah, uh, yes, okay. Yeah. The Hassan Ramsey brings a bell. The other guy I would have yes. ne- never have gotten. Question number 11. All right, so Andy Inkster has another one. And uh, this is should be straightforward. Of, of the Crossing B-sides, there were only two that were not performed live by the classic Big Country lineup. What are they? One point each. By the classic Big Country lineup. Um, yeah. All of us. Yep. And um, uh, da, da, da. man, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the other one is. I know they did most of them. Um, so I'll go with all of us and uh, a very early one. Well, that could be anything. Like we could laugh, or well, it was a B side. We we could laugh was not a B side. Okay, so so was it a B side like in '83? Yes, yes. Okay, um, Flag of Nations. Correct. All right. Would have been fun to hear them play that one live. I don't know what that would have sounded like. I would have sounded like Thousand Stars. It sounded like Thousand Stars, instrumental with with crazy repetitive keyboard loops. It could have been fun, actually. Yeah. Question number 12. This is one from Alan Anbari. 
There are many big country songs that refer to specific places, countries, or regions. Can you think of songs that mention the four corners of the world? And uh, he is listing really a list. This is, this is quite a list, actually, that he came with, with references to places in each of the continents. So he has five continents listed here. There's nothing for Antarctica or South America that is listed explicitly in a big country song. But can you name one location for each of these five that I'll mention for you? One point each. Asia <laughs> first, starting with Asia. Uh... Oriental ties that I must buy. East world. I'll take that. Another one, of course, is the Torah Yellow Brick sold them to Japan. Yeah. And a long way home out upon the China Sea and, and Damascus, obviously. So uh, we'll go to Africa. What song references Africa? Oh, Never Take Your Place. Uh, of course. That is one. And comes a time as well with when the African general meets the bingo queen. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a couple there. Okay, you're two for two so far. So how about North America? Um, that includes the United States, I'm assuming. Yep. So um, over the border, Denver in the snow. Excellent. Not an obvious one. You have, of course, we're not in Kansas. You have normal Illinois. You have, yeah, yeah <laughs> all these things. Yeah, many. Let's not even go through the rest. You're three for three so far. How about Europe? Radio Free Europe. Go back to East World. <laughs> of course. And you have Berlin, uh, name checked in Hostage Speaks. You have Checkpoint Charlie and Message of Love. Oh, yeah. You have an address, an actual address in the, the song Angle Park. And Russia mentioned in President Slipped and Fell. So the last one here, Australia. Oh, time for leaving. Of course. <laughs> that was easy. And you can also include Christmas Island in that, which is an Australian territory. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, right. yeah, you got five for five on that one. Well done. Yes. Question number 13. And on the subject of Australia, number 13 comes from another friend from down under, Dwayne Bunny. I, I told him the Restless Native actor thing was too difficult so he came up with something that's uh, assumedly quite a lot easier <laughs> you, you, you figure it out if it is in the 2011 compilation fields of fire the ultimate collection three of the 35 tracks are live versions name those tracks holy crap are you <laughs> yeah, kidding me I know. <laughs> well you get one points each for those three are live three are live versions okay yeah. um all right uh Jeez. Let's say Fields of Fire. That's correct, actually. Really? That was a good guess. Two to go. Um, I don't even know what's on there, to be honest. Uh, Assume a lot, because it's a two-CD set. Yeah, really. Um, how about, how about uh, Chance and... Um, uh, Driving to Damascus. I don't know. The other two are You Dreamer and Poro Man. Poro Man. Wow. All right. Yeah. Go check that right, one well, out. I got one. You got one. You did. That's probably more than I would have. Question number 14. All right. 14. This comes from straight good old JF&G. There is one big country song that has a punctuation error in the official title. Only one? There's a, yeah, a definite punctuation error that is used throughout which is that song oh man this, this is for two points all right give me a hint 
it's on Rarities 8. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know this one. Okay. We discussed this as part of the Driving to Damascus B-side egg timer countdown thing. It's sweet November nothings, which adds an awkward apostrophe in nothings. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. I forgot that has, about that, that. That has always been put down as an actual title and used really in every reference to the song. And even I know that's wrong. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so there you go. Question number 15. Okay, so I said I had 15 from the audience and, and 15 from me. It's actually slightly skewed. It's 14 from them and 16 from me. So now we get into Swine's questions. Who in Dublin mistook the hotel room door for the bathroom door? and found themselves in the corridor with nothing on. Um, Mark. It was actually Bruce. Oh, shoot. I was going to say Mark or Bruce. <laughs> Mark or Bruce. Yeah, it would have to be, wouldn't it? Question number 16. Which motel is featured in the Fragile Thing video? Oh, man. Um, I know it's the Nashville Hotel where the stars go is the tagline. Um I can't think of it right now. You want to throw in the towel? I'll take. I'll take the. I'll take the L <laughs> I'll take, on this one. You can take the fall because it's uh, it's the Drake Motel. The Drake, of course. Yeah, uh. it's 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 one of those. I I I knew you knew it. Right, right. It's named after a mythological beast, the Scorpius Motel. The rapper Drake. The rapper Drake. I don't walk in those circles, my man. Question seventeen. This is probably as complex as any of my questions get, but we'll see. Um, rank these big country releases from earliest released to latest released. There are five of them. The Natural Sessions, In the Scud, Das Fest, Rarities 3, and Fields of Fire, the Ultimate Collection. Oh, <laughs> I know this is something you love. This is a, a five-point thing if you get them all correct. All right. If you have them wrong, you don't get anything. Fields of Fire is the uh, the latest. Yeah, is that correct? That's correct. That's I can reveal that. I actually told you the release thing as part of Dwayne's question. Oh well, I forgot already. So I yeah, I know. <laughs> I assume as le- I can tell you that that came out in April 2011. So it's not just later; it's way later than all the others. Okay, and give me the other four again. In the Scud, Natural Sessions, Rarities Three, Das Fest. Okay, um, so Das Fest would be would be the first. Fields of Fire would be the last. After number one would be number two would be in the Scud. What are the, Nashville Sessions? And then what's the other one again? It's Rarities Three. Rarities Three. Okay, so um, ooh, Rarities Three. <laughs> That's that one might throw a little bit of a wrench into it. Um, okay, here we go. Number one, Das Fest. Number two, In the Scud. Number three, Nashville Sessions. Number four, Rarities Three. Number five, uh, we already said it, Fields of Fire Ultimate Collection. Yeah. You do have one that is placed wrong, uh, and all the others are correct. Did I get Rarities Three wrong? Actually, no. That is the second oh. uh, newest that came out in November 2002. I'll give yeah, you I must the have order. Got Das Fest wrong. 
You did. It's a 95 show, but it's not a 95 release, which is right. probably uh, what fooled you. That's what I was afraid of. In the Scud was the first ever Big Country website release that came out in January 1999. And the thing is, I, all of these are a year or more apart. So it's not like a trick thing. They all came out the same year. So, but but it's, I know, it's a, it's a while ago. In the Scud, January 99, National Sessions, April 2000. That's fast, April 2001. Rarity 3, November 2002, and then Fields of Fire in 11. So it's a tough one, but that's right. why it's five points. Question 18. The other one should be very easy. Number 18. Name three big country songs containing sexual innuendo. <laughs> According to Svein. Um, well, uh, hey, I'll pick one of yours, even though I don't totally agree. The Teacher. Um. Another Misty Morning. Uh-huh. And uh, somebody else. I don't need that angry sex. <laughs> you know, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That's fine. All right. That's good. So then you have named three songs. This is not anything where there is a concrete, where, where does the list end? But you, you right. solved that one satisfyingly. So, yeah, you got one point each. So you get the three points you could make for that question. Well done. Nice. Nice. So with that, you're up to 24 out of 49. You're kind of exactly in the half. That's not bad. That's not cool. bad at all. Cool, cool, Question number 19. This is a either you know it or you don't type question. Who played piano on Beautiful People? Um... I'll say uh, I'll say Colin Berwick, even though I'm sure that's not it, because I know he did it live. Um, the I, answer... I guess it could have been Josh Phillips, but it, go ahead. <laughs> it's none of those. Okay, so the, I was wrong. The chap is Richie Close. Ah, yeah, okay. I remember that now, but I, there's no way I would have pulled that out. Yeah, that's a tough one. Question number 20. 20 for one point each. What are Stuart's and Bruce's middle names? Uh, Stewart is Stewart, William Stewart Adamson. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce, I'm not so sure of, to be honest. Uh, Bruce, inventor of the Seagull Watson. <laughs> Bruce, guitar stuntman Watson. Stunt guitarist Watson. Um, I don't know, so I'm going to guess William. Let's guess William. You got two for two there. Are you serious? It is William? William Stewart Adamson and Bruce William Watson. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I must have had some knowledge of it, but I that was pretty much a complete guess. Yeah, that was it was stuck back there, and you didn't fall for my clever ruse of Stewart being the middle name, <laughs> which was evidently not clever enough. Of course well, not. Well done. Question number 21. This should be very easy for someone of your capacity. Uh, what song was the B-side to the Peace in Our Time 7-inch single. Jeez. Um, see, that is not necessarily easy for me. It should be. Uh, maybe I guess uh, The Longest Day. Let's say The Longest Day. Either It's either that or, or Promised Land. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Promised Land. I'll go with Promised Land because The Longest Day is too long. So Promised Land. <laughs> Too long, yeah. Well, you're correct. It is the promised land. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm, I, I was only thinking of the 12-inch. I don't. I never had the 7-inch. Exactly. All right, good. Well, nice. <laughs> Question number 22. Let's see if you remember this song. Uh, in 1998, Tony released a song for ME Awareness. What was this song called? Oh. And this is for three points. Something about another day or... Um, something about mm, something about days you're on the right track um jeez i know it's got day in it every day is one day to the next let's say that one day to the next correct you got it nice oh nice and that was for three points so that shoots you up to 30 points out of 57 so far you're ahead of half so that if you keep that up, uh, you're actually worthy of some praise at the end. So let's Sweet. see what we can come up with. Question number 23. Which artist performed at the Hammersmith Odeon in November 1989 and had Stuart Adamson guesting on a song, even appearing on the home video release of the concert? This is for two points. Oh, man. I want to say wet, wet, wet. <laughs> Uh, but we'll say we'll say major. Okay, I'll give you a hint for free. Okay. Because there were quite a few guests at that show, and some of the other people appearing during that show and on the home video includes Van Morrison, Brian May, Dave Davies from the Kinks, and several others. Where was the show? It was at Hammersmith Odeon, oh, okay. November 1989. And appeared on the video. Jeez, I don't. I don't know this. Unless it's Jerry Lee Lewis. Do you want to guess that then? Yeah, that's like Jerry Lee Lewis. That's correct. <laughs> oh, nice. You had it in there somewhere. You see? See, I, I knew he played with him, but I didn't. Okay, I thought. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. So that was uh, '89. It was a huge deal. Jerry Lee Lewis coming over and so many guests, and that was a popular video release. I actually remember seeing this in stores in the early 90s as a sort of featured performance. At that time, uh, you know, Stewart's name was not bandied on the cover. I didn't know. I mean, bigger names. <laughs> you know, right, when, right. When, when you have Van Morrison and Brian May. And even, uh, you know, um, Stewart was particularly pleased to be playing with James Burton, who used to be Elvis Presley's guitarist. Yeah. I was always shocked that he was a part of that. I was, to be honest. Yeah. Like, why would Stuart Adamson be a part of a Jerry Lee Lewis thing? But uh, I'm glad he was. Yeah. Cool. And that show is on YouTube. Uh, you can go and check it out if you like. Um, I can't promise you that you will see a whole lot of Stuart because he, he kind of stands at the back there, stage uh, right for the audience. He stands at the back there. You can check out the song Great Balls of Fire. That's when they bring everyone out. And he's standing nice. there a little behind Dave Davis. So Okay. Your mind, so kind. Your mind, world, your mind. Nah, nah, nah. I my, 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 my
Question number 24. Name the bonus tracks on the Somebody Else single. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Um, somebody Else single. I'm going to say... Uh, One point each. Okay. Uh, I know. I know. One of them was the cover, or not a. Oh, no. Oh no! This is where the filthy Tony Butler song comes from. <laughs> so another misty morning. This is where the filthy song rears its head. The other one I cannot remember. I was going to say Dust on the Road, but no, that's obviously Loserville. Um, what else was around at that time? Sleep there till dawn. I'll, I'll go with another misty morning and sleep there till dawn. Yeah, or sleep until dawn, as the single actually printed the title as. So you got that one. Those oh, two. Oh, nice. Yep. Nice. Question number 25. Which band member played in the all-star backing band for the Nelson Mandela 70th birthday tribute concert at Wembley Stadium on 11th of June 1988? Mark Brzecki. Correct. Question number 26. Bruce and Jamie have released two live CDs, Live at Lathones and Another Concert for the Damned. Name all five big country covers they perform on these two live albums. Oh. You get three points for the last three. You need to mention two before you start earning points. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Fragile Thing. Correct. Um, in a Big Country. Correct. And... Uh... The other one's gonna. The other one's not gonna become easy. Um, man, uh, you have some wild card points left. Yeah, let me get a wild card point for this one. Okay, there's an obvious one from uh, No Place Like Home that they like to play. Oh, ships. An obvious guitar-based song. Kansas. No. <laughs> Crap, what could it be? They're all guitar-based. Um, okay, I'll just say it. A bluesy guitar-based song. Oh, Republican Party Reptile. <laughs> Correct. That, that hint stretched <laughs> a bit, but okay. No, no problem. <laughs> then we have a very early B-side from The Crossing Days as one of the others. Um... Angle Park. Correct. I, I remember that because I love the, their version of that. Yeah. And the last one. Normal. Or I feel fine. <laughs> it is made in heaven. Made. Oh, they did do that. Yeah. Wow. I forgot about that. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, but you did make the points. You're up to 37. All right. Question number 27. When filming the In a Big Country music video... Which band member ended up getting damaged knee ligaments as well as a case of seasickness? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Mark again. It was not Mark. Oh, man. It was Tony. Tony, okay. Yeah. And his quote about the event was, the actual filming was as adventurous as the storyline. And I have to stop and put a question mark next to storyline. But yeah, as adventurous as what they try to depict, I'll take that. Um, 
he says there weren't many casualties apart from a case of seasickness and a damaged knee ligament, both sustained by me. <laughs> wow. Question number 28. According to the Guinness Book of Hit Singles, which big country single stayed in the UK top 75 for the longest time? And you get two points for guessing the song. You get an additional three points for guessing the number of weeks, plus minus two weeks. Oh, man. Uh, this, I, okay. Um, Guinness Book of World Records for staying in the UK charts, did you say? Yeah, basically, which, which, which of their singles stayed in the top 75 UK for the longest time? Okay. Um, in a big country, so it's just too easy to pick. Uh, but I can't think of a, a better one. But um, all right, I'll just go. I'll just guess Look Away. And. Okay, number of weeks? Uh, 20. Okay. It's Fields of Fire for 12 weeks. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Question number 29. We're getting to the very end. We're at number 29 now. And uh, this probably has lasted long enough. We're all tired. Takes it out of you to answer a lot of questions. Yeah, this is this should have just been the whole episode. Yeah, it is mostly the episode. It is the lion's share. But uh, 29. In October 1988, Big Country performed in Moscow at the first Russian concert to be organized by a private promoter. But what were the audience allowed to do for the first time ever at a concert in Russia for two points. Dance or stand. <laughs> Which? All right, we'll say dance. Okay. The answer is stand up. Ah, I was, oh man, I had it right there. So nothing quite as extravagant as dancing yet, but... Yeah, I mean, that's uh, unbelievable to me, but that was the first show ever at a concert in Russia where the audience was allowed to stand up. Wow. Question number 30. And then we come to the last one, and this is even slightly uh, Yule-related, so I thought that was a good one to wind up this whole thing. Which big country member has recorded a cover version of the John Lennon song Happy Christmas, War is Over as a solo artist? And bonus point, if you know who performed with them, on that song. Uh, Tony Butler. And um, I don't know who performed with him, but I'm going to take a guess and say Josh Phillips. All right. No, wait, no, wait. It's not Tony Butler. It's uh, Mike Peters. Yeah, it's Mike Peters. That was a little bit of a trick. <laughs> this is as a solo artist. Just so I specify that because... Uh, I know the alarm recorded it. Okay. All right. Well, then I will go with Tony Butler. Okay. I didn't want you to talk yourself out of a right answer because <laughs> it is Tony Butler. <laughs> all right. All right. So you. You, you deserve to end on a good note here. The one he had with him on that song was his daughter, Joella, ah. a.k.a. the May Queen, the reluctant May Queen, according to his story that he told us when we spoke with him. <laughs> Are we sure it was Joella or was it Josh Phillips? Dressed as Joella. The last one is more fun, so I'm inclined to go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But that was a good one. And it's, that song, um, 
it hasn't really been shared extensively. It's certainly not on a release. I mean, he recorded it and put it up on the Big Country MySpace during the Christmas season of 2006. Oh, man. So if you didn't hear it then, or had the, the, the means to download it or obtain it otherwise, then probably you haven't heard it. But uh, as an end to this thing, after I reveal Tom how well he did, we will listen to that version because uh, JFNG gives. And he had the song, so everybody will hear that Yuletide seasonal song. But how well do you think you did? Uh, better than average, maybe. You ended up with uh, 38 points. Okay. And that is, uh, I think, pretty much, you, you got half of them. All right. Which, so, is, which is well done. Well, good. Well Some done. of those are just way beyond my, uh, my abilities. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's kind of every kind of level, something for everyone. And uh, hopefully those who listened had fun trying to take a crack at it. And if nothing else, hear Tom's figurative sweating through the podcast, trying to come up with the answers. Yeah, good Lord. I thought we were flying at a good pace. And then 30 questions, many of them with multiple part questions. Good grief. And you even got through them. It's incredible. Well, what choice did I have? <laughs> All right, let's play uh, Happy Christmas, Worries Over. <laughs> and so this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over. And the new one just begun. And so this is Christmas. I hope you have fun. This is Christmas For weak and for strong Rich and the poor ones The world is so wrong And so happy Christmas For black or for white For yellow and red ones Let's stop all the fire Christmas and a happy new year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fear. And so this is Christmas. And what have we done? Another year over. You one just begun. And so happy Christmas, we hope you have fun, the near and the dear ones, the old and the young, a very Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year, let's hope it's a good one, without any Oh
All right, so on that musical note, what music have you listened to this year? I have listened to um, lots of big country. <laughs> Surprise. I've listened, I've listened to Ace Fraley. Yeah. <laughs> had a new solo album out. How did you rate that? Um, I thought it was okay. I thought I thought it was one of the weaker ones of his more recent releases, but I, I thought it had some very good moments and some very uh, mediocre moments. Mm. Um, it, it was okay. The, the The good moments I really liked. Uh, the The mediocre moments were I just thought were kind of lazy, lazy songwriting. Yeah. If I take away one or two songs, then the rest of it is, a, for me at least, a pretty high standard. Yeah, yeah, so. that's that's good. That's good. I mean, he's he's always impressing, though. You know he, that he's still doing those at this period and still putting out so much. Yeah. Um, and nobody cares about that except for us. So I'm moving <laughs> along. Um, you know, I've, I mean, it's the same old answer. I, I've just been working so much on my own music, the WKW stuff. That that's that's what I listen to. So I mean, when I get in a car, I, I listen to um, just either that because I'm listening to mixes and thinking about them or sometimes I might just put my iTunes on shuffle and who knows what it is, but I, I, I haven't bought any really new music this year. Wow. So I don't really have anything to, to talk about as far as like new bands or whatever. I've kind of gotten an, into queen a little bit this year, but they, they're, they go back and forth. Um, for me anyway, I've always been into queen, but only in periods. And then I'll, I won't listen to them for a long time, and then I'll go back. Um, the Clash has been big for me this year. They they released this career-spanning yeah, box set. A very well-put-together box set. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, it's so good. And the, the remastering is just incredible. It's, it's probably the best remastering job I've ever heard from anyone. I mean, I can't believe how good these early songs sound. So I've been listening to that a lot. And there's also um, just came out a Joe Strummer compilation box like of all the joe strummer solo stuff that he's that he did post clash and um there's some great great stuff on that and yeah that that is called i can't remember what that's called um joe strummer strummerology or something like that um great music on there some some stuff that you could see why it was never released but it's still interesting to hear some stuff he did with the pogues which is really interesting that i'd never heard before um he fr actually fronted them for a brief period. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, but n nothing new. There's no new artist that's really hit me this year. Nah, it doesn't need to be a new artist. It's just, what what did you listen to? Yeah. And, and that box set, uh, you know, everybody speaks about how good that was. And I bought quite a few box sets this year myself. I mean, you have the Beatles White Album, which is sensational also in its remastering and the, its presentation. Mm. Um in the same vein, John Lennon released Imagine, and especially the Kinks released like this incredible box set of the Village Green Preservation Society. I think that's one of my favorite albums ever, and that's such, oh, nice. such an incredible box. But as far as albums, I mean, there's one thing that's interesting to pick up just in light of a discussion we had one year ago, and that is uh, Great Evan Fleet. Have you followed them? Did you listen to their new album yet? You know, I, I, I am very familiar with them. I've listened to stuff by them uh, online, and I just can't, I can't get into them. Uh, to me, they're, they're just so much a Led Zeppelin 
clone. And it's not just that, but it's just like the way they look creeps me out. I don't know what it is. There's something creepy about their singer. I look at him and I'm like, what a weird looking dude. <laughs> I know that's a terrible thing to say, but I, I can't get into them. I know that a lot of people are getting into them, but I'd rather just listen to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You, you know, you should like him a little bit better because now he's adding those Native American like feather things into his hair. <laughs> I did see that. So <laughs> for someone who is so deeply into that, that should actually endear him to you, not the other way. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I've, I've been listening. I think their album is sensational. I mean, well, that's uh, good. last year we were wondering how what, what chance did they have? And one year later, they're kind of touted as the next big thing. And uh, the biggest proof of that is the backlash. And now people are, you know, first they they love them, then they get too popular too quickly, and then the backlash set it sets in. Right, right. You know, I I I think a lot of people have uh, have been said to listen like Led Zeppelin. They're certainly not the worst offenders. I think uh, when they play a cover of a Fairport Convention song, I think uh, a lot of their inspirations come from those times. Not all Led Zeppelin, but I think a lot of people just jump on the, the backlash bandwagon. So that's, uh, but but you know that means they got to a certain pinnacle or, or a certain level. When you when you oh, reach yeah. when you reach a level that's worthy enough to have people <laughs> send out their backlash, then good on them. A year ago, that would have been almost like the target or to get that far up. I mean, I'm happy to see guitars again. You know, I'm happy to see a young band playing hard rock music, which you don't yeah. see much. Uh, I mean, props to them for that. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah. No, so so they have really arrived. Uh, uh, for me, that album is one of the albums of the year. Uh, but along with Tony, uh, Tony's album, I played a shitload. That's uh, that remains a strong one. I'm I'm so fond of my time and uh, how That's well great. there's there's one or two songs perhaps like that, not as strong as the rest, but there's really not a bad song on it. It's really really a strong one. So that just makes it sad that he had all these plans to promote it. And I know. we all know about his issues. I was going to say, with his legs. Well, we got to wish him the best. I hope he can soon recover from that. And um, yeah. it's, it seems like it's been a grueling, long suffering process and I hope he can get back on track. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's not been fun. He, he managed to finish this album and he managed to play a warm up gig. And it's kind of sad now that that is looking to be the only gig he would do for the, the my time era. I uh, know, but uh, yeah, he did mention that you know songs are percolating, and he, he is not planning for that to be his final album. So I, I hope he good. can get to a good place because I can't imagine making an album when you have to lie down and have your legs high most of the time, and you lie there and strum the guitar and try to be creative. It's very very difficult. Oh yeah, so, without a doubt. Yeah. So 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 the last one I will mention is uh, there is there is one band I discovered this year that kind of has sort of taken me over and that's a different genre again it's more coming out of the british folk tradition or folk rock and that is a duo called edge larks and they remind me a little bit of the project that kirsten has going it's uh it's really a friend of mine called hannah martin and she is with this guy philip and they've been releasing a few albums very low key and actually they have a kickstarter now that over christmas i'm going to post about that on the great divide group cool um some really emotive folksy stuff that I just I just adore. So they are they are a big band really this year, both for myself and, and Jen. We have taken to them in a big way. When she stands on Silver Hill 
check them out and speaking of kirsten Minardere album coming yeah that's right looking forward to that yeah get to it you know let me give you my money yes exactly i'm very excited about that one ah, me too it should be great i feel like we spoke about that the past two yuletides <laughs> it's been a while yeah yeah I know. <laughs> but yeah uh, let, let, let it take the time it needs to take that will be awesome whenever the time is right Hello and greetings from Ayelet in Ramat Gan. Tom and Svein, I hope uh, by the time you're recording this, you're feeling better already. Um, for the Yuletide episode, I thought I'd like to share with you all some uh, of the big country highlights that I had this year. Well, let me start with the fact that this year I finally got to meet some um, big country fans and hang out with them. And uh, this is... Um, this was very special for me. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, one occasion was in uh, Dunfermline in April, where I uh, met uh, with uh, a lot of fans that uh, came to the um, get-together organized by Andy Pleasure and uh, Robert Bailey, uh, marking Stuart's 60th birthday. It was really lovely. It was very nice to, to meet uh, people from all over the world and get to talk to them. And... Uh, I also met uh, another lovely uh, big country fan later in the year, uh, in September, in Bath, also a very nice uh, meeting. So that was one thing for me. Uh, another highlight for me um, was the uh, release, the uh, five-disc release, uh, Live at Rock Palace, 1986 and 1991. Um, I don't get much time to watch videos and uh, having the audio to these uh, gigs uh, is really fantastic for me because I can get to listen in the car and um, I really enjoy that, uh, especially as it contains one of the best, I think the best version of Remembrance Day uh, from 1986, uh, where you can, I mean, the sound of that is really very good and you can hear um, Mark and Tony's uh, playing uh, perfect way and uh, that's uh, that's really great and uh, another highlight for me this year was some new big country inspired uh, music from uh, Bruce and Jamie and Tom um, really great job I am enjoying listening to that and I'm looking forward uh, to you know the next installment uh, next EP next album whatever it is so keep up the good work and um, 
to all big country fans all over the world, happy holidays, happy new year, stay alive. Hi everyone, this is Kara from New Jersey. Just want to wish you guys uh, happy holidays, Yuletide, health and happiness, and a have at you. Just want to mention a couple things. Uh, one thing is that I've been listening to the bootleg box set a lot this year. Uh, made me feel a sense of nostalgia. Listen to it a lot driving to and from work, and uh, it made me a little sad whenever I could hear Stuart smiling or laughing through speech or um, speech or singing. And the second thing I want to mention is that I actually really like Iona. Uh, and because I had never listened to it before. I hadn't listened to a lot of the skids discography for before. I do like the absolute game a lot, but I bought the box set and I hadn't really listened to I don't even think I opened it until Svine and Tom talked about uh, Richard Jobson's biography on 2000, the, 2008, the first episode of 2018. So I was like, wow, like Iona must be a really bad song if they're insulting it. And I look it up on YouTube like the next day at work. And I guess sometimes songs that we listen to are kind of shaped by our experiences before uh, listening to it or during. And I saw somebody on YouTube comment like, oh, they played this on my mate, at my mate's funeral. Like, makes me sad, makes me think of him whenever I listen to it. So I guess it kind of made me feel like more positive about it. So when I listen to it, you know what doesn't fit? It doesn't fit their sound. But to be honest, like, I'm not really a big punk per- person to begin with. Um, so just really wanted to say that because it's a little silly, but not really. Um, I'm entitled to my opinion, we all are, but uh, I just want to wish everybody a happy new year and stay alive. Right, so what hopes do you have for 2019? WKW? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. It's going to be the big one. Yeah, I hope we can get the full-length album released in 2019, and I hope everyone will support it, and uh, yeah, it's so funny, I mean, just like when you look at the page it's and believe me no, none of us <laughs> did this because we wanted to you know sell a bunch of of the copies um we just wanted to wanted to make music and i know that bruce is enjoying it and you know jamie's yeah. enjoying it and i'm certainly enjoying it so we're, we're not looking for it for that reason but it is funny when you look at like the bandcamp page and the cd baby page and all this i mean we've gotten thousands of of plays for the music like really lots and lots of plays which is yes. great but we've we've gotten maybe like three digits barely of actual purchases <laughs> so it's just like it just really speaks to how how times have changed you know people just really and and I'm yeah you know, I'm throwing myself in there too I'm not tr- saying this is like try to make anyone feel bad it's just like that, that's just the way it is people just don't buy music anymore it seems which is sad except for this guy I'm talking to um, yeah, which is good. So, uh, but you know, a lot of people did want to buy a CD. So that's another reason that we're, that we want to make a CD, um, here in the future. So, so yeah, I mean, if you could support it, that's great. Uh, and if you could listen to it, that's great. And just let us know what you think, because, um, you know, we, it's, it's certainly got plenty of big country flavor to it. No doubt. Yeah. So 
we'll see what happens in the future. But we're all enjoying it. So just hopefully that Bruce and Jamie can get a slight break in their schedules and they can uh, record some of their parts for a lot of these songs. But we got a lot worked up already, and it should be a, it should be a pretty cool album if it all comes together. Nice. Yeah, I certainly wait for it. I want a CD. Awesome. Yeah. And I can imagine you'll sell more into four digits with that. Maybe even five. Five digits. <laughs> WKW. That would put us well into number one on the U.S. charts. <laughs> would it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like a release these days. If you sell like 10,000 copies, you you know, 14,000 copies, you get into the – and believe me, we're not, <laughs> we're not talking anything like that. But you're, you're in the top ten pretty much in the first week. So that's it, it's unbelievable how far things have fallen in wow. music sales. But if you think about it, we have in we have unique downloads in the six thousands on average for each episode yeah. of this podcast. So if the podcast listeners buy one copy, and we know there are many big country fans who don't listen to the podcast, if we get four thousand of those, then you have your ten thousand. Yeah, the, there you go. There you go. We'll see. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Well, well, you you should uh, you should if not top one, maybe you can get to the top twenty. Doesn't that qualify you for top of the pops or something? I'd settle for top two hundred, three hundred, four hundred. Yeah, isn't it a thing to break the Billboard two hundred? Then you get an official artist record somewhere. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think it's something about that. If they even do that anymore. Just like you know, we are the top. Big country podcast, so it's only fitting that. You know. <laughs> no, no, Dwayne is coming in from behind. You know, he's he's the second. Yes, but we have we have uh, we have assimilated him into our show. Yeah, you actually so. need to join the the Great Divide Facebook page if you want to see Dwayne's uh, big country video casts. Yeah, definitely. And the first one he already did with Kenny Henderson. Um, they had some, they had a few technical hiccups, but I think they've sorted those out. So yeah, so. You know, look for those interesting stories from you guys out there, and uh, you know, we'll just keep, we'll just keep keeping on. We'll see how long this lasts. Nice. Yeah. So I have a goal for 2019 as well, and this is more of something that has built over time, a realization, and uh, something that finally I've decided to do. In 2019, I'm going to Scotland to see a big country. Yes, I thought I saw that not too long ago. That's yeah. fantastic. I have mentioned it here and there, but sometimes you just, uh, the decision has been made. The money is there. The time off is there. You just need to pick a date and go. So when I go over there, it'll be fun to meet as many of you guys have been speaking to online for a long time. I don't know where I'll be yet. We'll just see if there's a weekend where skids are playing and big country are playing and all these are, are happening at the same time. Then yeah, that, 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 that could be a good weekend to go. But we'll just have to see how the how the schedule builds over the year and That's what awesome. the dates look like. Fantastic. Yeah. I can't so wait to hear back from that. When would you go back? I I don't know. I certainly want to. Um so who knows? Maybe uh maybe I'll meet you over there. We'll see. Who knows? They have spoken about this big country convention thing for a few years. Yeah, and I see so, that would be the perfect place. Yeah. I'd say that I'd would go be for the perfect that. time to do it. Yeah, we may even get like a WKW opening slot. Who knows? Yeah. I'll be there with my bootleg equipment. <laughs> there will be no bootlegs, no photos, no videos. <laughs> Otherwise, no more news. 
Oh, that's great. Well, it's been a good year. Yeah. Um, it's been a you know slower year for us, but uh, hey, quality over quantity, and we appreciate everybody listening as always. Yeah. Um, we get a lot, still get a lot of great feedback from people, and it, it means so much, especially when you tell us, which is a common theme that we get, people saying that we inspired you to go back and start listening to the band seriously again. You know, without without the dark cloud of what happened with Stewart hanging over you. So, I mean, that, that means everything. That's, that's why we did it, did this in the first place and to help ourselves as well as to hopefully help others. And, um, you know, it's just great. It just feels so good to be a part of helping everybody to be able to reclaim that music, you know, from the, from the depths of despair that we were all in for a while and, and always will be to some extent. But, um, you know, it just feels great that we've done right by Stuart, you know, and the band to yeah. to put this focus on his music and have people laugh about it and enjoy it and, and you know, still feel emotional about it, obviously, but uh, to feel kind of maybe a little bit like they used to feel about it. So that's great. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that certainly uh, is valid for me. You know, the podcast helped me. So if it helps others, too, that's just a bonus. Yeah, definitely. A huge bonus. All right. So, and with that, I think it's Christmas. Christmas time again. Yeah. This is it. Who knows <laughs> what will be under your tree? We I spent longer than normal. It, the, um, it's not going to be the shortest Yuletide ever, but it's far from the longest. It's half of last year's, maybe. Maybe a yeah. little more than half, but still, that's that. that's manageable. Well, you know, I said strict two-hour time limit when we before we started, and here we are, like two and a half. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how strict we are. Yeah. Well, well. But no, that's good. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for everyone for the whole se- the whole year that we've had, and thanks to you, Spine. And uh, hope you have a merry Christmas, buddy. You too, my friend. Merry Christmas, and merry Christmas to everybody out there. Exactly. See you soon. Bye bye. Oh,
Welcome to the Yuletide episode. We have lots of fun and games for you. Do, 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 do. And take two. <laughs> oh, come on. That was a good one. No, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I came out wrong and decided to make it into something. But the, even that failed. So that, this is a wonderful indication. But hey, here's your first outtake. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new classic. <laughs> Double track vocals. <laughs> My James last. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> what have you done to close action? Some work, man. <laughs> Got big harmonies in there and everything. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Between a father and a son Between the city and the world For a teacher and a journey and the rest The shining guy will never cry The will never die fire holds a shame I will be gone and again Four hundred miles Without a word until you smile Fire, 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 fire.